The following lecture by Trigueirinho, Reflections on Illusion and Rescue, with simultaneous translation into English, was recorded live in Brazil in March 2003. E aqui uma pessoa estava lendo um livro de Alice Bailey. And someone here was reading a book by Alice Bailey called Illusion. Então, In Portuguese, it seems that the title is Mirage. Ver o real so, in the book Illusion, it is written, to see what is real is a terrible experience. Por que ver o real é uma experiência assim so this person terrível. is asking why it is such a terrible experience que to see what is real. Quer dizer, talvez seja que como o Perhaps what the author may mean is that é um since the normal human state é um is an illusory state, a state of illusion, when one is outside of this state of illusion, this causes a great shock on the bodies that are used to living in illusion. What the author calls illusion is an identification of our consciousness with the entire play of forces present from the monad on down. So from the monad on down, our consciousness is not identified with what is real, but our consciousness is identified with the play of forces that takes place on all levels. For example, our outer appearance, our human figure, is a play of forces. It is an illusion. Because the individual is not this figure. What the individual really is, what is real, does not appear, does not have a form, does not have a body. And we are deluded that the form is the individual. This is a basic illusion. When we look at one another, we believe in what we are seeing. We say you and point to the body. These are basic illusions. So we live immersed in these illusions. Our lives are submerged in illusions from the monad on down. This illusion, consisting of forms, is considered to be the garment of what is real. So the bodies are part of the illusion. So the book says that there are various degrees of illusion from the monad on down. Illusion on the physical level, which is what we have described, is considered by the author to be the crudest. And we are very influenced by it. On the physical level, besides this coarse illusion of thinking that the essence is what we see, and therefore we fail to know things as they are, if I continue to be deluded that you are the ones who appear, who manifest, who act, then I do not get to know you. 
because I am misled by this appearance. Há uma outra grande ilusão comum a quase todos. And on the physical level, there is another great illusion common to most people, which is the illusion of pursuing ease, of seeking creature comfort. We are deluded that we have to do things more easily. This is an illusion because if one is trying to do things more easily or if one is looking for comfort for the physical body, if one is seeking physical ease, if one is losing the capacity to make an effort in order to be physically well, but rather is pursuing comfort, ease, things made easier, this is the basic illusion on the physical level for almost all people. That is, somebody sees a chair but doesn't question if it isn't better to stay standing. The person goes and sits on the chair. He or she never questions whether, for the health of the body, for the posture of the body, for the movements of the body, it would be better to stand or to sit. No one asks this before sitting down. No, the person just goes and sits down. This illusion is already deeply ingrained in the physical body, and the physical body has the illusion that it should be sitting or lying down or that it should be walking slowly or getting into a car to go somewhere. All this is an illusion of the physical body. All this could be correct, but it could also be an illusion of the physical body in seeking comfort, in seeking ease. And part of this illusion on the physical level as well is how we accumulate material goods to make us feel safe. Very few escape from this illusion. So to feel secure, they accumulate material goods. To feel secure, they dedicate themselves to material goods. This is a typical illusion on the physical level, because security is not to be found in material goods. But we have to lose our illusion in this regard in order to reach a higher level of reality. For example, there are people who say that they cannot do certain things because for that they need other things. This is an illusion on the physical level. Maybe they were not able to do that because they were not capable, not because they needed such and such a thing to do it. They didn't do something because they were not on time, because they didn't notice that they had to do it. So it seems that it does not get done because something is lacking, but this is not the reason. This is an illusion on the physical level. Because things that are done, things that happen, are not based on other things. Things that have to happen take place punctually, at the right time, governed by other laws. And it is an illusion for me to fail to do something because I lack one thing. That which is lacking can perhaps be replaced by millions of other things, and the outcomes can be even better. Or I can discover that I can do that without the other thing, that I don't need that thing. But all of this is part of the illusion on the physical level. And very often what we lack is the decisiveness to do things, 
because decision will make things happen one way or another in some unexpected way that we did not foresee. But we fail to do some things because we do not have the other things. It is not the thing which determines that. This is an illusion of the physical level. You see, and technically, this illusion is called maya because maya This type of illusion is different from the illusion on the astral level. All of these levels are illusory. So we have the illusion that is typical of each level. On the physical level, this is the one of the basic illusions that one needs a certain thing to do something else. On the astral level, a very basic illusion is that whatever gives us pleasure is a source of well-being. This is a basic illusion on the astral, the emotional level. So in the emotional, in the astral world, for us to have health, well-being, for us to feel good, part of this illusion is that we have to enjoy doing things. Some people are so deluded that they say, I don't enjoy doing this. This does not give me any pleasure. Can you see the level of these people's illusion? They are trying to find something which gives them pleasure so that they will feel good for having done it. That is, if they don't do something with pleasure, they think that afterwards they won't feel good. This is the basic illusion of the astral level. And on the mental level, the main illusion is to think that we know something. We live in this illusion. For example, I even know what time it is if I look at the clock. Basic illusion. Midday? What is this? It's something that belongs to the clock. Time is not this. Time is the moment. It is the moment of each thing. It is not midday. It is the moment of each thing. This is what time is. So this illusion of knowing something, of thinking that I know something, sometimes I am so deluded that I think that I know somebody. I am so deluded on the mental level that I think that I understand somebody that I think that I understand somebody's action. We don't understand anything at all. We are only going to begin to really understand things. We are only going to really begin to know things outside of those levels where illusion is evident. We are only going to begin to learn things, begin, when we are aware of the monad, when we have already transcended the level of the personality, when we have already transcended the level of the soul, of the high self, and we are already within the consciousness of the monad, it is there that illusions are going to end. It is there that the mental illusion, the emotional illusion, and the physical etheric illusion are going to end. Now, the person who read the book on illusion says that it is a very disturbing book. Yes, it is, because it is a book that was written 
for the people who are already prepared to transcend those levels. These people already have their consciousness prepared to not believe what they see, what they feel, what they believe, what they think. The individuals must already be sufficiently mature. They must already be prepared not to believe in this and be prepared to use their physical body, to use physical things for what they are meant to be used, to use their feelings, to use their emotions where they need to be used, to use their thoughts, but to know that all this is illusory, all this is fictitious, that reality is not there. And no matter how complete their thoughts may be concerning something, they don't really correspond to that thing. So this book was written, and it is a very strong book. It was written with a great deal of energy. But it is, was also written in such a way that the person who is not ready does not get beyond the first pages. You may be sure of this. To get beyond the first pages, one has to be in need of that. And so it is very important to read that, to know about all those gradations of illusion, to know about maya, which is our situation on the physical level, to know about glamour, which is our situation on the emotional level, in our astral body, and to know about mental illusion, which is the illusion of thinking that we know something when we know nothing, before reaching a greater consciousness, a supreme consciousness. Humanity is practically not even really awake. This humanity of the service is considered to be in a hypnotic state or a semi-hypnotic state as though it were hypnotized by these illusions. For us to begin to dissolve this, or for us to begin to transcend this human state, this normal state that everyone is in, for us to begin to transcend this, our minds would have to be in these things, physical, emotional, and mental. Our mind would have to go into these only in order to solve matters. But be careful not to stop there, not to stop at anything. Not to stop at anything doesn't mean that we are not going to be attentive to things. We will be very attentive, otherwise things will go amiss. We have the illusion that things go amiss, just as we have the illusion that things were in order. We have the illusion that we are going to put things into order. Or we have the illusion that things are going to become disorderly. Do you see that this is illusion and we cannot do anything? Either we need to make things orderly or we need to make things disorderly. And there is no orderly or disorderly thing. This is an illusion. We live this the whole time on the physical, the emotional and the mental levels. So it's a hypnotic state, a state that is very far from showing us what is real and far from leading us into the real. So as long as we are on these levels, as long as we have a mental body, as long as we have an astral body and have a physical etheric body, we have to have the intention, we have to have the will to be on another level, to be linked to something else, because then the mind will start to become attuned to these other higher levels, these superior levels. 
Now, while we are in this illusory world, and the illusory world is not only the physical one, the illusory world includes the astral world and the mental world. So while we are in this illusory world, until we begin to let go of these illusions, we are aided in letting go of the illusion and in contacting a higher reality where these forces do not exist this way by spiritual energy that does this. So it is not with mental energy or with feeling energy or with physical energy that we free ourselves from illusions. With these three energies, we gradually come to understand this subject and it begins to get clearer to us that we are deluded. Let us not delude ourselves that we are no longer deluded. Because, for example, as long as we think we are deluded, we are in a mental illusion. So just by thinking that we are no longer deluded, our illusion increases because our thought is an illusion. Our thought that which we use is an illusion of the mental level. It is an illusory activity of the mental level. So the book is very strong for ordinary people, and fortunately, they don't get beyond the first few pages, because then they say to themselves, well, all right, then on what do I base myself? As if any basis were real. This platform under this stool is necessary here, but I don't know if this platform is a base. If I believed that this platform were a base, this platform could collapse at any moment to teach me that it is no base at all. And in the same way, if I believed that my security is in this house, at any moment, I could experience the house falling apart in front of me so that I would really lose this illusion, so that I would not place my security in a house, so that I would not place my security in any material situation. You have seen that wars have certain drastic functions, don't they? Because... During a war or an earthquake, many illusions vanish. And often many people are gathered in such events. Good, honest, pure people converge there, but who are part of those incidents because of illusion so that there they can see all the things they believed in fall apart. So all we believe in, all in which we put our faith, and which is not something from the monad on up, is destined to disillusion us. Our intention, the direction of all our strength, of all our efforts, should be focused on those high levels beyond the physical, the emotional, and the mental levels. 
So we have to have equilibrium to be on these levels until we finally discover that our life is not on these levels and that we only thought that we lived on these levels, but we don't really live here. So we gradually come to this, and when we attain this, then we will be closer to what is real. Real means monad, or from the monad up higher, and we have to bear all these things. We have to bear them, but we have to have courage because we base ourselves on things that have no reality whatsoever in them. Some people base themselves on other people. Some people base themselves on material situations, on their own happiness. Have you seen anything more illusory than happiness? As soon as something happens that the ego doesn't like, happiness is gone, and people spend their lives pursuing happiness. What worth is there in this? If it ends as soon as something happens that will inevitably happen because everything cannot comply with this wrong direction given by our ego because it's very easy for something to happen that the ego hadn't foreseen and happiness ends. So this is the illusion that people live. Spiritual energy is the only one that can begin to dissolve this. We don't begin to feel spiritual energy when we receive an electric shock or we experience phenomena. No. We begin to be contacted by spiritual energy. Spiritual energy begins working on us and we perceive it when we begin to lose our illusions. This means that spiritual energy is present, which is dissolving our interest in seeking contentment, in seeking comfort, in seeking security. When this begins to be jolted, when this ceases to be so important to us, this means spiritual energy is present. Because if spiritual energy were not present, humanity would not budge. There is no way to get out of this because this is dissolved through the descent of spiritual energy. So all human seeking, all this is gradually dissolved by spiritual energy. Of course, the book does not imply that we will be left empty-handed. It is another concept. So we have to be prepared for something very unsettling. And if we are prepared for this, and if we know how to face what is unsettling, we are prepared to lose our illusions. In other words, to begin to know what is real. Now, as long as things still upset us, and as long as things disillusion us and we get jolted, we are not ready to live without illusions. We keep on exchanging one illusion for another one continuously. There are great illusions. There are noble illusions. There are very high, very elevated illusions. And they have to undergo this sort of thing so that eventually they can reach another level of consciousness to reach the level of the monad, something which would not be considered illusory in this teaching. 
justamente quando estamos falando disto, teve um sonho Sí. No qual ela viu We have just been talking about this and someone had a dream in which she saw illusion. This person was pushing a wheelchair where someone was seated. So she began to take this person in the wheelchair to a very high place. And when they reached the top, streams of bright light began to radiate from this person's fingers. And when this person who was paralyzed, who couldn't move, and who used a wheelchair, reached the top, bright light began to radiate from his fingertips. Do you see the illusion that someone was paralyzed? The illusion that somebody is paralyzed because he or she is in a wheelchair. Do you see the illusion? So this person was very impressed by this dream. And then she noticed that these bright lights that shone from the paralyzed person's fingers were the same light that was shining in different points of the sky. And there the dream ended. Someone is asking how we can cooperate with this planetary situation that we have mentioned briefly here in the last few days. And how can we cooperate with the forces of light? Well, we are urged to work on our individual purification. This is where we begin. So our purification, our individual purification, is the beginning of our collaboration with these forces of light. We would have to reach the point of this purification of not reacting negatively to those experiences given to us by our inner self. So everything that happens in life without our causing it, without our consciously attracting it, whatever takes place, whatever emerges and is drawn to us, these experiences always make us grow. So something could be happening that we did not plan, that we apparently did not cause, and if that comes, and if that occurs, I should not react negatively to it, because it is bringing me something, some experience that I have not yet had. It is bringing me some knowledge, and if I react to this because I expected something different, then I fail to learn that lesson. We are often confronted with certain people's actions. And instead of accepting those actions and seeing what we can learn from them, we react. We are dissatisfied with that person's actions. 
But it is the very action of that person, no matter how uncomfortable it may be, no matter how unexpected it may be, or no matter how strange it may seem to us, that is what is going to teach us something that we didn't yet know. And this is how individual purification, the purification of the ego, is carried out. If you have decided to accept all that is necessary for your evolution, for your purification, for your learning, if you are willing to truly accept this, you must be prepared not to react because everything that will come about will be for you to become transformed, for you to become purified, and for you to become liberated from certain aspects that are holding you back and that are all inside of you. They are not outside of you at all. No way. All the aspects are within us. So let's accept that which comes. To accept does not mean that we agree, does not mean that we should cooperate with everything. It doesn't mean this. Something might come up which we decide not to take up, but we have to accept this occurrence. We have to accept this. Even when there is something that we are not going to embrace, that we are cannot and should not embrace, there should be acceptance. There has to be a process of goodwill towards this so that we can learn what it is bringing us. Because even if something which we should not embrace did come, then we are to learn something from it. So it is this situation of not rejecting the learning experience that should be cultivated in us so that we could collaborate in existing situations or in the situations that are being created. This also means that in everything that happens, instead of being surprised or of complaining, in everything that happens, we should be asking ourselves, what is this teaching me? What is this bringing me? You will perceive it right away. And if you perceive what this is bringing, and if you accept it, it will dissolve, it will end, it will not go on. But there really must be openness in order to learn from all that happens, even in the case of something that has to be rejected. But just before rejecting, you have to absorb what it has brought what it has developed in you, what change it has brought in you, then you can decide whatever you like, because in this way you are going to decide more fittingly and your action will be more correct. But in principle, you accepted it as a lesson. The meaning of the word lesson is very broad, and we are receiving lessons the whole time. And we have to see how we accept these lessons to see if there is acceptance in us, no matter how unexpected something may be. You see, this is not conformance. It is essentially an acceptance 
in order not to reject something that comes to bring change. Later on, you will see what is there, then you will see how to deal with it. But in principle, if you did not accept it, if you did not embrace it, you will struggle with it, but you will not resolve it. You will exchange one situation for another but you will not get free from situations. Our first books are all in this line of thought, and these books show us this from different angles. Whereas the books that began to appear in 1991 start working with us a little beyond this concept. They begin to work with us to help us accept our own rescue. Because I don't know if we really accept being rescued. We want things to happen the way we expect them to. This is anti-rescue. Things should happen the way you did not expect them to because this takes you into something different. This rescues you from an illusion you were in. You were in the illusion that things have to be done in a certain way, so you are rescued from this. That is, another way appears to see if you can give up this position. If you can be rescued from the stagnation of the way things are for you, which may be very positive, even elevated, but we need to be released from there. Wherever we may be, we need to be elevated. And this is very broad. And these books prepare us for these Como movements, for these things. How are we going to collaborate with planetary rescue if we are not aware of the rescue that we ourselves need? No matter how positive, no matter how ideal, Look at these words, the most illusion-filled words ever invented. No matter how ideal a situation may be, we need to be rescued from there. We have to be removed from there no matter how good it is, drawn upward, drawn toward another state above this one. And this is sometimes very painful for people who have the illusion of the physical body. They feel pain. Others have emotional pain. They even have palpitations, a total illusion. So we have to be rescued from everything, no matter what it is. A saint has to be rescued. A saint has to become a regent. He or she has to become an entity. An entity, a great entity, has to become the cosmos, has to become the one. It has to be rescued. Everything has to be rescued. And as for the rescue that is being prepared for of certain cases of beings who would be disintegrated on certain levels if they weren't rescued, so as for this type of rescue, it also takes in all the forementioned points. But rescue is not just one being drawn out of the physical level during a bombardment. This is also rescue. When we know that 
that there is a war somewhere, that some place is being bombarded, it is good to remember to ask, how many are being rescued over there? How many are being pulled out of there, drawn up to a higher place at that time? How many are being rescued? And rescue work sometimes includes the physical body. And when it includes the physical body, God knows why. The plan of evolution knows why. The person then vanishes, disappears. Now, not all rescue includes the physical body, especially in such cases. Some rescues leave the physical body behind. They don't include it. At this time, we can focus, we can attune with the principle that if we have followed the spiritual path for so many incarnations, then in some way we are linked to something that has been rescued. We have a bond with the rescue operation. So no matter how confusing, no matter how obscure the current situation may be, no matter how unclear our position may be in the current situation, we must remain united with the rescue operation. We have to be linked to this, so that when it is time for us to be drawn into it, when the time comes for us to be rescued, when we are withdrawn from this situation that no longer applies to us, at that time, we will not put up any resistance. Thus, the work of our rescue will be much simpler for our own monad that is probably rescuing us from these levels at certain moments, as well as for the space vessels or for the extraterrestrial or intraterrestrial brothers who participate consciously in this operation. So we have to be willing to be rescued. We have to be willing, because then even inspired readings, prayers, music, anything that has higher quality, anything that stands out from the overall disharmony, anything that seeks a different state of consciousness outside of this generalized ignorance, so we are going to follow, we are going to pay attention to, we are going to respond to whatever attracts us. But for this to happen, we have to have the basic intention of allowing ourselves to be rescued, of not being afraid, of not having this illusion of fear that we cannot let go of what we are, that we cannot leave behind where we are, that we cannot leave the things we have. All of this has to be gradually dissolved by spiritual energy. It is spiritual energy that dissolves this. It is not physical energy or emotional energy or mental energy. These three kinds of energy only confirm this illusion, this fictitious situation, this situation that does not exist on levels of reality. We are saying this because there are certain levels in the universal consciousness to which we are being drawn, and those levels 
the human mental level, the human astral level, and the human physical level are not taken into account. They do not exist in that consciousness as a form of work. So we have to work with these levels while we are at a certain level of evolution. But as humanity enters the level of evolution that is awaiting it, those levels that are its illusion today are not present. None of us should have the illusion that on a higher level we are going to repeat what we are living here. None of us should have the illusion that once we are rescued, something of what we have now will remain. Nobody should have this illusion. If not, the rescue will become more difficult. So when the rescue forces attract us, when this entire rescue operation by Samana, by Astar Sheran, when all these things attract you, when this draws you, when this rescues you, let yourself go. Don't worry that you are leaving something here. Don't worry that you are leaving something behind, that you are separating from something. This illusion of separation at this time weighs heavily. So an individual is being rescued and a part of him or her says, but look at that one over there. Can I take him with me? Do you see the illusion of separateness? The illusion that the individual went alone? The illusion that the other person stayed behind? Do you see how patient this operation is? The patience of these beings dealing with us in this work. And we should be very open in order to facilitate this process to put an end to this entire diversion as soon as possible. There is an expansion of consciousness after which we are freed from our own image. But just before we free ourselves from our image, from the concept we have of ourselves, we come face to face with our real image, which is nothing like what we thought. And before this expansion of consciousness, the image of what we are, according to that concept, is very ugly, very monstrous. So before you are liberated from your self-image, before you are liberated from the image that you made for yourself, you will see how monstrous this image really is. You see this before you in that expansion of consciousness. And then you see the monstrosity that you created during all of your lives up until then. And so you become healed of creating your own image. And you surrender to the urge to know something other than your own image. Because you have already noticed, haven't you, what image you have created of yourselves from the most positive to the most negative. All of this is illusion. You cannot create any image of yourself because you don't know yourself. You don't know your monad. You're not aware of your monad. How can you create an image of yourself? 
How can you imagine I am like this? How? How? If you don't know yourself, if you have not fathomed your monad, how can you form an image of yourself? So there are those who form negative images and others who form positive images. These are all illusions. We stand before this when we are ready to take a step forward, before taking that step, we will see a condensation of those images that we made of ourselves throughout all of our lives. It looks like a monster. This is called the dweller on the threshold. And this image is there, stopping you from entering the other level. This is so because you have always formed a concept of yourself throughout your lives. You created that monster, and in each lifetime you add it to that monstrosity you created, and you run into that monstrosity along your path at the point when you need to dissolve all this so that you can be what you are, because what you are is not what you think. It is not the image that you created of yourself. So all these concepts we have of ourselves gradually form this monster, this monstrous figure that is seen as a figure and which confronts us when we cross over. So when we go to another level without having any more doubts, that is really one of the final lessons of these levels of illusion, because that image is also illusory, that monster that is before you, all you need is an, an attunement and that dissolves, because any image that you created about yourself dissolves then and there. All you have to do is change the image and it dissolves, it vanishes. None of that exists. All in all, Whoever has courage can read this book and lose the fear of so many things, lose the fear of fear itself. Some people say, I'm so afraid of being afraid someday. Afraid of being afraid. I wonder if it has been clear how deluded we are until we get there. But these worlds in which we live always need our collaboration and things begin to happen instructively when we want to learn. It's no use setting up a meeting like this if people don't want to learn because the meeting will not take place. Things don't happen. A routine is carried out, but not a coming together. For us to really come together, we have to want to learn. Then the energy of learning will be manifested there in the smallest things. But we have to keep on observing. We have to keep on being attentive. We have to want to learn always. <laughs> 